Our reading this morning is taken from the book of Deuteronomy. Take care, or you will be seduced into turning away, serving other gods and worshiping them. For then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you, and he will shut up the heavens so that there will be no rain, and the land will yield no fruit. Then you will perish quickly off the good land that the Lord is giving you. You shall put these words of mine in your heart and soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and fix them as an emblem on your forehead. Teach them to your children talking about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Write them on the doorposts of your house, on your gates, so that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land that the Lord swore to your ancestors to give them, as long as the heavens are above the earth. If you will diligently observe this entire commandment, that I am commanding you, loving the Lord your God, walking in all his ways, and holding fast to him. Then the Lord will drive out all these nations before you, and you will dispossess nations larger and mightier than yourselves. Every place on which you set foot shall be yours. Your territory shall extend from the wilderness to the Lebanon, and from the river, the river Euphrates, to the western sea. Friends, this is the word of God. It can be trusted. The word of God can be trusted. And what we are called to do, according to this passage in Deuteronomy, is to teach our children the, the law so that we can obey and follow God exactly how God wanted in the Old Testament. And we, we got that, right? How many laws are there? You're, you cheated. Wait, we think that there's ten laws, right? The ten commandments. But those were really more of like these ten utterances. And they were part of this Decalogue. But the Decalogue was part of this bigger law, six hundred and 13 laws that you had to follow in order to be holy before the Lord. And we're supposed to teach our kids that. I mean, I could barely get my kids to maybe keep two commandments, let alone 613. One of which says you're really not supposed to eat cheeseburgers. There was a famous woman theologian who recently passed. Uh, You may have heard Max bring her up. Uh, Rachel Held Evans, you should absolutely look her up because she's uh, brought so much light to the topic of modern Christianity. But she tried to live out a year of biblical living. She took this book and said, I'm going to follow all the laws to the T. And it was a wild adventure. (laughs) She got, got so far to the point where she followed the rule where it says, you have to call your husband master. I don't think that would work these days Uh, and the the problem with 
what I have with the verse in Deuteronomy. It says, teach your kids the ways of the Lord. We all would love to do that, right? Why wouldn't we? But when you and I ourselves go to the law of the Lord, we find it's a little bit unreasonable. It's a little weird. It's a little crazy. And what are we? We're reasonable people. A famous uh, missionary uh, from England went over to India and lived there for 30 years. He had learned to take the gospel, the, the Christian message, into this new place called India, and they had never heard about it. And then after 30 years, he went back to England and found that the people who now need missionaries is England. That the modern world, he made this observation that wherever the modern world hits, the gospel leaves. Christianity leaves. Religion is gone. The more modern the world is, the more Christianity gets pushed to the side. And we're seeing that in our day because if you read it, it's unreasonable. You open it up and it talks about talking snakes and uh, gods who get really mad about gods who have to, uh, this God who says women have to go over here, uh, certain people have to go over here. Do not let anybody outside of our religion in. That's what the ancient book said. And we read, the, we read the book and we say, reading that doesn't make any sense for us today. So while I would love to teach my children and love to follow the law myself, I have a hard time reconciling its unreasonable message. So one of the letters that uh, is written in the New Testament is called A Letter to the Hebrews. And the letter to the Hebrews, see, there were a lot of letters. There was letters to Galatia, letters to the Corinth, letters to Ephesus, but there was what, those were cities. Those were Gentile cities, people who really wouldn't have known the Hebrew Bible. But then there's this book called the Book of Hebrews, and it's written to the Hebrew people. And you know who's a lot like the Hebrew people? Us. They grew up with the laws. They grew up with movies like the Ten Commandments. They grew up with the law. And in a more and more modern world that they were living in, the law was getting harder to follow because they were becoming more and more Hellenized. And there were periods of time where they lost the temple. They lost the place that they were supposed to worship. There were times when they found out the priests were corrupt. There were times when they were forced not to obey some of the laws, that they couldn't follow the laws. So they had to to reconcile something. They had to come up with a way of doing it, but it was hard. It was hard to pull people together. And so the book of Hebrews talks about this, this, concept that God was working throughout scripture. 
this idea. If you read the Bible word for word, it's really difficult to follow. It's really unreasonable. But if you read the Bible story by story, it is so comprehensive that it's beautiful. See, in the Bible, it says in the old days, God used to talk to us through angels and prophets. Has anybody here heard from an angel or prophet recently? God used to speak to people and they would come and that's who would say, don't, uh, don't eat cheeseburgers, thus says the Lord. It's hard to debate with that, right? God told me that. And that's the way that they would follow it. It talks about how that God used to speak in these certain ways. God used to speak through laws. You, first of all, God was this God that was unapproachable. Back then, that's how they viewed the gods. So when God introduced himself to the people, God was distant. God was far. God was behind me. God, nobody could get near God. In order to get close to God, the only thing you could do was obey the law. And you should be absolutely afraid of God. Because if you go near God, you're not worthy to be near God. If you committed a sin, do you know what you had to do? You had to take your pet, your favorite animal, and bring it to the priest and say, "Ah, here's Billy. And you would transfer your sins onto Billy and the priest would kill the pet and that's how you'd be forgiven of your sins. That's That's a little unreasonable, right? That's a little tough to swallow. The only way that you could hear from God was through the priest, and the priest was a holy person, and you could not come near the altar, only the priest. And the only place you could really worship God was in a building called the temple. That's what, if if we're going to teach our kids exactly what this book says, that's what we should be teaching them. But the book of Hebrews says Something changed. Something changed in our community. And the Bible, the ancient book, if you look at it closely, it was hinting towards this change all along. It talked about, in Jeremiah, years before Jesus came, it talked about a new covenant. That one day there would be a new covenant. And that you'll no longer uh, be, uh, God will no longer be mad at you. That God will no longer require you to go into buildings to worship. That you'll no longer have to follow laws on stones, but rather you'll follow a law that's written on your heart. That's what it said in this unreasonable book. In the midst of of unreasonable messages, there was a reasonable message forming. And the book of Hebrews, this tiny book at the back of the Bible, says this, that there was a man who came. He came to come and tell the Jewish people, the ancient Jewish people, that the time has now changed. And they got really mad when Jesus said this. It appeared that Jesus was breaking the laws. 
It appeared that Jesus was saying, you don't want that we're going to break down the temple. It appeared that Jesus wanted to end sacrifice. But you know all these songs we sing about the blood of Jesus, about about, uh, atonement, about following the laws, all of that? Jesus says this, I came as a Jew. I came as a Jewish person. Jesus was Jewish. And he came as a Jewish person, and what he taught was this, that God wants to take you into something deeper. God wants to take you into something more than just laws and codes. More than just a building to worship in. More than just uh, looking at the priest to be holy for you. But rather, Jesus wanted to show us that we can all become people of God. That we can become the temple. That we can be places of forgiveness. And that the law, that all of those laws can be wrapped up in how we treat one another. So when Jesus lived his life, what did he do? He talked to to women when he wasn't supposed to. He touched unclean people when he wasn't supposed to. He forgave when he wasn't supposed to. And worst of all, he said that he would be the sacrifice for all so that we would no longer need to kill Billy, our pet. And Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, tells us that Jesus reconciled the whole Old Testament for us. And now we have this freedom. It talks about this freedom. And you know what the freedom is? That we don't have to go follow 613 laws to get close to God. That you don't need a priest to get close to God. That you can just pray and find God right there. That you are forgiven. You don't need any sacrifices. That Jesus is the sacrifice. But here's what Jesus does in saying that. He still wants us to teach the children. And so now who do we look to to learn from? We look to Jesus. And Jesus, it says in Hebrews, he was the pioneer of our faith. The pioneer. You know what a pioneer does? They're the first ones. They're the first ones to go forward. So what Jesus was showing us is that you and I, all you confirmands, and all you parents, and all you adults, people of all ages, Now you get to become like Jesus. I was sitting at my table this week, and everybody was on their phones. It was a nice family dinner. And there's studies that show if you actually tell the kids to put down their phones, nobody talks. Nobody talks to each other. Because we've we've kind of grown into this insular place. Maybe nobody knows what I'm talking about. Uh, But it was in this moment, this little moment, I was on my phone too, by the way. 
and I was looking at sports scores, and I just noticed my wife is always telling us, no, t- no phones at the table, no, no iPads at the table, and I'm always sneaking looking. But what my wife was calling us to do was to be a community. And as crazy as it sounds, it wasn't the Bible, the law that directed, there's no law that says you can't have your phone at the table. But Jesus says there is a law about loving one another. And what Jesus teaches me is this, that God was up in heaven on his phone. He was fine. God didn't need anything from us. Jesus didn't need anything from you and me. What did Jesus do? What does God do? God steps off his throne. He steps down from heaven and he puts down his phone and he engages. He starts talking. And he says, how are you? What do you think about this issue? What are your thoughts? In that little moment at my dinner table, I heard the Holy Spirit speaking to me. This is what Jesus does. I meditate and pray every day. And I cultivate this dialogue between me and the divine. And what Jesus is asking us to do is this. Cultivate that. Seek me and you'll what? You'll find me. Knock and the door will be open. And I'm finding that Jesus is much more reasonable when he talks to me about how to be a dad at my dinner table than about what rules and regulations I should follow and who's unclean and not clean. I'm finding a scripture that's waking me up to life where I no longer think of just myself, but I think of others. I would never do that without the relationship I have with Jesus. I'll conclude with this. Jesus said to his disciples, I'm leaving you. I'm gone. My world is so much better than this crazy world that you all live in. But I'm going to give you some help. I'm going to give you this gift, and she's called the Holy Spirit. And if you're willing, Kierkegaard said, all we're doing at church is just shadow boxing. I'm just going to come up here and tell you what it would look like. But if you don't go to the gym and actually work out, nothing changes. But if you take the Holy Spirit and start to pray and meditate and invite this Jesus who fulfilled the whole law, into your life? You want to see Red Seas open? You want to see enemies be conquered with love? Do you want to see relationships begin to blossom? Do you want to see a Garden of Eden once again in your life? The only way that's going to happen, we can read this book till we're blue. But what the Script, what the story is telling us is this. Come in. Let the Holy Spirit in. And when we do that, we'll see 
the modern day God of miracles.